No, this is Matt Thomas, and he is from Northbridge Church in Hay Hired. How many of you remember Mike Wells that came and spoke? He's, he's over CAM, which is our apostolic covering. This is one of their many, they, the main praise and worship leader, right? And so uh, what we're doing is we're giving Haley and some of the team members as much as we can a break, a much-needed rest, and we just felt like, I just knew this is what the Lord had been wanting us to do is just to, to bring some, you know, we bring guest speakers in all the time, but we very rarely sometimes bring a guest worship leader or we bring a guest, uh, you know, children's minister. And so we're moving in that direction and just doing that just to have some freshness. Is that okay with you? Amen. And so I know that sometimes we see different things and we go, man, what's going on? What's happening? Nothing's happening. Nothing's going on. We're just walking through the process of praying through what the Lord wants for us concerning praise and worship, concerning the children's ministry. And part of that process is bringing people in that have that heart to not just uh, perform, but to actually minister. How many of you got ministered by that this morning? Did you? I don't know about you, but I did. And that's, that's, a, that's, what we're, that's what we're doing. We're trying to get an imp, There's an impartation. If we really believe Ephesians, right, that the body works together, fitly joint together, and we are the body of Christ, then that doesn't just mean at New Covenant Church in Tifton, Georgia. It means all over. And so my responsibility as your pastor and believing that God is moving us more towards an apostolic uh, center is to bring people in that can give us a, uh, a different flavor, a different experience as to what God's wanting to do throughout the whole body. And to be honest with you, if more churches, if we would all do this more often, we would, we would actually become more joined together as the body of Christ. And what gates of hell should not prevail against that kind of church? Amen? So... Having said that, I want you to just give a, a round of applause for my, Matt. Let's just honor him. Thank you, Matt, for blessing us. Thank the team for, man, you guys flowed together like y'all been playing for years. Amen? Amen. Well, turn to Ephesians chapter 5. <coughs> Excuse me. Ephesians chapter 5, that's where we're going to start this morning. You know, there's many opportunities to get involved how many of you believe that teamwork makes the dream work? And so there are many, many of you, I believe, that are out there that are looking for a place or looking for something to do to put your hands to. And we have a lot of opportunities for you to get involved. And we really want to be uh, about two or three people deep in everything that we do to give people a chance to rest and to float around. So if you're interested in being an usher, or you're interested in greeting, if you're interested in helping with the children's ministry, how many of you believe that? We need help in the children's ministry and the nursery or help on the praise and worship team or maybe you've got this knack for design or sound. And man, those guys back there, I don't know. I, I was talking to Cornell the other day. I said, every church I've ever been in, I've never had somebody come up to me and go, oh my goodness. I was sleeping last night, and the Lord woke me up and said, I needed to come volunteer for the soundboard. Nobody does that. But there, that is a ministry. That is a musical instrument, just like anything else. So there's plenty of opportunity to get involved, and we got more information uh, for you in that regard. If you want to contact Pam, and we'll put you in contact with the right people. Amen? 
Ephesians chapter 5, that's where we're going to begin this morning. I'm starting a, uh, I'll say I'm starting a new series. I don't know how long we're, I don't know how far we're going to get into it, but I just wanted to start something new this morning and kind of see where it goes. Um, I believe it's a new series called Redeeming the Time. How many of you believe in redemption? What if I told you that some of the time that you had lost, or at least your perception of that time that you've lost, what if I told you that there's a way that you could get that time back? What if I told you that there's a way that you can live your life instead of being a servant to time, now time becomes a servant to you? You ever heard the expression, man, I'm just, I just don't have time. Are y'all awake this morning? Or is it just me? How many of you have said, I don't have time? How many of you said they have felt like I'm running out of time? Doesn't that bother you? I don't know about you, but it bothers me. Seems like sometimes we're dictated by this. Tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock. Come on, Doc, you got to hurry. You got to go, 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 tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock. It's almost 5 o'clock. Come on, it's almost time to get home. Almost time to get off. Then you get off work, which should be a good thing, right? You need a break from... To get off work, now you're going home. You just got to hurry up. Got to hurry up and get home. You got to hurry. You're running out of time. Come on, Morris. You got to hurry up and get home. You got to hurry up and get home. And then what? You get home and, and it's like, well, we got to hurry up and eat dinner. We don't have time to sit around. We got to hurry up. We got things to do. Come on. We're going to miss our show. <laughs> and then you start watching. You got to hurry up. Hurry up. Everybody get hurry up. Let's get to bed. Hurry up. Let's get to Everybody get showers. We got to hurry up and get to bed. You tired of being dictated by that watch? Tired of being dictated by time? Why is that? Let me tell you something about what the enemy wants to do. The enemy wants to do two things. He wants to lie to you, and he wants you to, de- he wants you to be deceived in that lie. He wants you to live your life according to the lie that he has told you. And one of the lies that he's told us is that, well, you don't have enough time. But then when you're doing, uh, maybe when you're prompted to do something that you know the Lord's telling you to do, then he tells you the opposite of that. He goes, oh, you got plenty of time. You don't have to get saved right now. You got plenty of time. You don't have to apologize to that brother. I mean, he did, you know, hurt you. You don't have to do that right now. You're justified in holding on to that hurt for just a little while. You can repent and ask him to forgive you tomorrow. So the enemy lies to us and tells us we don't have enough time. And then he tells us we have more than enough time. And so there's this element of time that the enemy understands that his time is running out. Let me tell you why we feel like we're dictated by the clock. Because he is dictated by the clock. See, the story's already been written. The ending has already been spoken. This is, we know the end of the book. We know what happens At the end of the story, we know what happens during the story. We know what happened before he even tries to tell us what the end of the story is. We know what happens, but yet we still are dictated by this time. And so in Ephesians chapter 5, I'm going to start at verse 8. He said, for you were once darkness, but now you are the light of the world. Walk 
as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them, reprove them, expose them, deal with them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done in secret. But all, the, all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time. Redeeming the time. What does that mean? I ask the Lord, you know, there's times where you'll read something and it'll just sit with you for weeks and days. Redeeming the time just sat with me. And I kept asking the Lord, what does that mean, redeeming the time? How do you redeem time? I understand how you redeem a person, but how do you redeem something that is ongoing? How do you redeem something that you how do you redeem something that's in the past? How do you redeem 10 minutes ago? How do you redeem 5 years ago? The word redeem, you ready? The word redeem means to buy out of or to buy from. Buying up for yourselves the seasonable time, meaning that you are gaining or protracting time. Which means you reach back and you grab a hold of you grab a hold of time and you redeem that time. You buy it back from that which it was stolen or that which it was lost. You buy back that time. How many of you know the only reason we have a watch is because of light? The only reason we have time is because God created time. In the expanse of time, God said, in the season of time. How many of you know he's the God of time? Well, who are we? Children of the Most High God. So let me ask you this. Should time dictate to us what we should do, or should we dictate what time should do for us? I know this is, just go with me. What is he talking about? I'm fixing to change Time is, what we consider time is blocks of seconds and minutes and hours which turn into days, which turn into weeks, which turn into years. But when God sees time, He sees it as the whole thing. He is over time. That's how come we don't understand redemption. I'm not asking you to understand how time is redeemed. I'm just trying to get you to trust in the redemptive power of His power in you to redeem the time. I don't understand how a person could be born again. But that doesn't mean I don't walk in the benefits of being born again. Nicodemus didn't understand it either. How shall we walk? How shall we go back into my mother's womb and be come out again? That which is born of the flesh is of the flesh, but that which is born of the Spirit is of the Spirit. Time is subject to the Spirit. It's not the other way around. Well, you don't know what kind of time I've lost. I mean, because the enemy will lie to you. He'll say, well, you know, you, you ain't been walking with God all these years anyway. 
The best you can hope for is salvation and get your ticket into heaven. That's a lie. God is the master at redemption. He is the founder and the inventor of buying something back that was lost, that was stolen, and bringing it back to its original purpose. And he just said in Ephesians, he said for us, do not be foolish, but live circumspectly, redeeming the time. See, time was lost and was bought up by the enemy. He is the God, the Bible says, of this world. So that means he's the God of time. But when you and I get born again and now we align ourselves with the kingdom of God, now we supersede that purchase. It wasn't even a purchase. It was a deceptive you know, tactic that Adam willingly gave over to the enemy. And then Jesus came back and bought that back. He bought us back, put us back in right standing with God, put us back in that place to where now time serves us, not the other way around. So you're telling me that I can time travel? No, and that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that time now doesn't dictate to you what you should do. You and I should dictate what time should do. First of all, let me, let me explain to you what the word time here means, okay? Because I'm, I'm thinking, believing that's going to give you some clarity. There's two words for the word time. One is kairos and one is chronos. The word chronos denotes a space of time or a duration of time, whether long or short. Chronos is where we get the chronograph. It's where we get all of our watch uh, parts and stuff. There is, a, there is a definite space measurable in a second, and there are 60 seconds in a minute. There are 60 minutes in an hour. That's how come all of our watches, cheap or expensive, they all keep the same time because they're designated by certain uh, principles and laws. That is chronos. But there's another word in the Greek, which is kairos, that we really don't have an English um, word to define it. So let me, let me give you some definitions of what this word, redeeming the time. See, I'm not talking about redeeming the seconds and the minutes and the hours. I'm talking about redeeming a seasonable time. The word kairos means due measure. It means appropriate or opportune time. A portion of time suitable for a purpose. A season. Let me ask you this. Is it easier for you to function if you feel like you're punching a clock or if you feel like you're, uh, you've got a season of time to do it? Does that make sense? Well, in my experience, the best employees are the ones that up to a certain point are the ones that begin to take ownership and responsibility for that position or for that company or for that job rather than punching a clock. Because when you punch a clock, you're dictated by that time. 
But when you're uh, an employee or an investor of something or, or a part of the company, you now feel ownership and responsibility so you're not confined or you're not dictated or you don't feel the weight of sometimes what it means to punch a clock. You understand and you've grasped the concept of the season of time you should work. Does that make sense? If, if I tell you you got 30 seconds to make a decision, there's an immense amount of pressure that comes on us to make that decision right now, right now, right now. But if I say, why don't you take some time and pray about it, think about it, and then let me know. See, that takes the, all the weight. That's the word I'm talking about. That's what he's talking about here, that you and I can redeem those seasonable moments in our life. And God has a way of taking those seasonable moments and making it as if you never lost any moments in the past. I don't even understand that, but he can do it. It's like after you've been married for a season of time, you can't imagine, you can't almost imagine or even remember. You remember it, but it's like it's a movie. It's not, I can't remember. I don't, I don't know what it would be like without my family now. I remember my single days, but it's like you're watching somebody else's movie. Like, my, my, my. Thank God for my help. You, you, do you understand what I'm saying? So there's a seasonable time, and I'm doing this to create... There's a difference between creating urgency and putting pressure. See, Kronos puts pressure. Matthias, you got to buy this car now. Because if you don't buy this car right now, I'm telling you, man, that deal's going to be gone. The minute you walk out that door, that deal's gone. That's pressure. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> so let that be a word for you. Don't buckle, don't let those salesmen dictate to you what time. <laughs> Prophesy, Pastor. <laughs> Let me try this again. No. You're in a, uh, okay, let me say it this way. Okay, what's the difference between Kronos and Kairos? Uh, Kairo, you, you guys are in a season of time right now where you not only desire to have an automobile, maybe you need an automobile, so you're in that season. And so what, what does that word redeem the time mean? How do you buy back that time? I'm going to get to that. But I want you to understand the concept that I'm talking about. You're going to now take a hold of that time, that season of time, which is an appointed time which is a portion of time for a specific purpose. And now you're going to buy that time and it's going to be yours. That's what the word redeem means. So hold on to that thought, okay? Everybody. You, buy, you, you reach out and you redeem this portion of time and now you make it your, your own. It's yours. And it may even go tick, tock, tick. Because time keeps going. But now that TikTok is in your sphere of influence. And now you are in control. Uh, uh, let, me, let me read it to you this way. One commentator said this. I like this. He said, <clears throat> there is uh, redeeming for yourselves, that is availing yourselves of the opportunity offered to you. And commanding the time as a master does his servant. 
I'm not going to be dictated by what you say and when I should say, when I should do it. Jesus said, I only do. What are we talking about last week? Sir, if you'd only been here, Lord, Lazarus would have died. He said, I only do. He was demonstrating, I don't move by what, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm not moved by the clock. I'm moved by one thing and one thing only, the Holy Spirit that lives within me that is giving me the word that I need and the steps that I need to take. That's what I'm moved by. Watch the time and make it your own so as to control it. As merchants look out for opportunities and accurately choose out the best goods, serve not the time, but command it, and it shall do what you approve. Oh, what's the pastor talking about? How's he, how you, pastor, how are you talking about you're going to command the time? Because you're thinking I'm saying time stop, although that did happen one time. To this day, they cannot account. They don't understand how the calendar are off by an entire day. I know. Because he said, command the sun not to go down and it won't go down. And it didn't go down for that entire day. See, the, the minute you and I realize that God, in one sense, God is in control, meaning that everything that we see, everything that we experience was birthed and created by him. So how is the creator subject to the creation? No, it's the opposite. Time, our physical bodies, everything that we see in the natural responds to his voice, which he has put in us because of the authority that the Holy Spirit brings into our life. Now we are sons of God, and so we speak. That's why he said, guys, listen, if you just speak to this mountain, it'd be gone. And they said, I don't understand that. We don't understand how the fig tree. He said, this ain't nothing. If you speak to this mountain, it's got to obey you. Why? Because it is subject to the creator, which now lives and resides on the inside of us. You and I can redeem the time. We can buy back this time, and now it becomes a servant to us rather than the other way around. Let me say it this way. Uh, Kairos is not merely a succession of minutes, which is chronos, but Kairos is a period of opportunity. There is really no English equivalent to the word Kairos. Uh, there is a, uh, <clears throat> in a monthly, in a monthly uh, uh, cycle for a woman, there is a season of time that that woman can get pregnant. Notice it doesn't say, okay, at exactly this. They can't, they try to pinpoint it, but they can't because it's not, it's not chronos time, it's a season of time. There is a season of time that a woman carries a child. It's called pregnancy. That is a season. We are in our first trimester, second trimester, third trimester. You're in a season of being pregnant. But no matter how much doctors try, they cannot nail down the chronos. They can nail down the kairos. 
They know historically the way God's created our bodies. Typically, a woman is pregnant for nine months. How many of you were born or have had children that was exactly nine months to the day exactly? Anybody? Because it's kairos, not chronos. So what is he saying? He's saying redeem the kairos, redeem the season of time, not the chronos time. The chronos time is tick tock, tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. Redeem the, the kairos. Now you can look back and you relax because you're not dictated by time. I'm trying to get this out. Oh, let, me, let me say, let me do this. Go to Acts chapter 1. Let me show this. Let me lay some more before we move on to the next thing. Acts chapter 1. I'm trying to get this <clears throat> over. <clears throat> I'm not saying that you and I can stop time. I'm not saying that we can speed up time. But I'm not saying that we cannot stop time, nor am I saying that we cannot speed up time. What I am saying is that time is subject to us, not the other way around. If God can hold back the sun because of a man's obedience, what can he do in these last days for us? I'm not saying that's what he's doing. I'm saying when he says to us, redeeming the time, that is scriptural. we got to do something with that. The word redeem means to buy back. Now, we purchased that time that was lost, and now it becomes ours. Now it becomes subject to us. Guys, we don't have chronos or kairos to waste. Because what the enemy wants is he wants us to waste time. <clears throat> Matt was telling when him and I were talking and I said man can you just come and just help us you know just just come and be a blessing to us uh, you know Haley's been doing it for a year and a half the team's been up there uh, you know we just need some help in this season of time we need to take some time and pray through some things and as we were talking he was telling me about when he used to lead praise and worship at a, another church over in Sparks and he said that when he came and, and began to hook up with uh, Mike Wells at Northbridge, he heard the Lord begin to show him and teach him about how when if you don't teach, if you don't pour into your successor, you leave a gap. There's, uh, there's, a, uh, there's a hole because if, if I'm not trying to pour into the next person or a person to take over what I do here, then what if I leave or what if something happens, now what? See, so the enemy wants us to say, well, you can't do nothing about that time you lost. But God's saying, no, I'm going to show you how to redeem, buy back that time. Does that make sense? Are you flowing with me? It's not, a matter of, it's not a matter of redeeming minutes. It's a matter of understanding that redemption is buying back those season of times that maybe you feel like you've lost. Well, I'm too old. I can't get married and I can't have kids. Well, that's what Sarah thought and Abraham. And look what happened to that situation. Well, I'm too young. Well, then we look at David. And what happened with David? He became the king. Well, I'm still too young. And Paul told Timothy, let no one 
despise your youth, but be an example. He's saying shut their mouths by being an example and listening to what I tell you to do and it will, your, your, your leadership will be proven. There's a redemptive quality in this time and I'm trying to express this to you because I feel it in me. I'm not saying we got to get in a hurry, but what I'm saying is you and I need to understand the urgency with which we live and understand that we're not dictated by Kronos, nor are we dictated by Kairos. We're dictated by the Holy Spirit. And if we'll listen to Him and be in obedience to Him, He will help us grab a hold of that time that the enemy wants to steal. And now it becomes ours. You there at Acts chapter 1? Acts chapter 1 verse 4 and being assembled together with them he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem but to wait for the promise of the Father now listen this is a key this is a living key to redeeming the time are you listening everybody say I'm listening verse 5 for John truly baptized with water but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now therefore when they had come together They asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times, chronos, or seasons, kairos, which the Father has put in his own authority. Whose authority is it? Okay, so... Times or seasons? I don't have time. Look it up if you don't believe me. Times is chronos. Seasons is kairos. They don't know how to translate the word kairos in the English language. So the best they can do is throw a word in there that gives you the sense. It is not time. It is seasons. It is opportune time. So he said, it is not for you to know the time, chronos, tick-tock, 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 or the seasons which the Father has put in His own authority. Whose authority is it under? Whose authority do we walk in? So is it, go with me here, is it a stretch to say that if God commands us and tells us and leads us and guides us by His Holy Spirit, therefore, because we are subject to Him, we are under His authority, and He said, go in my name, you will, right? That's what Jesus did. Jesus took his authority and said, I'm giving it to you. So if he gave us his authority, now can we say under the umbrella of God leads me, he's my, he is my authority, I only do what my father says to do, I only say what my father says to say, therefore because of that, now times and seasons are under my authority? Don't take it somewhere that it don't need to go. Just listen to me. If I only do what I hear my father say to do, if he says for me to say something, do something, or command something, then does that fall under this category of authority? And therefore that time and that season falls under my authority, not because of me, but because of him? So now this season of Kairos is now dictated by the authority that flows out of us. We're not dictated by it. 
Anytime you are forced to make a decision right now, right this minute, that is not the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Well, what what about surprises? Okay. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all. Okay, okay, pastor, all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. I don't want to try, try to tackle too many things this morning. But I will say this. Although I don't understand it, I don't like it when things catch me off guard. And I do not believe, according to the Word of God, that it is His fault or that He's trying to surprise me. I believe, according to the Word of God, that if I am lining myself up and opening myself up to the Holy Spirit and being filled, fill me up, Lord, every day, fill me up, then why should I be surprised? The Holy Spirit just be like, oh, yeah, I'll let you get by. I let that one slip by. No. I can look back on the things that have caught me off guard and I can say that with 95% accuracy. There may be 5% of things I don't understand, but 95% of the things that have caught me off guard, I've asked the Lord, why did that happen? And the Lord has said, if you want to know, I'll show you. And I say, I want to know, and he'll show me. Now, there are things that I still got question marks about. I don't understand, but I don't make a doctrine out of 5% and say, well, that everything that happens is God's will. That's a lie. Because he says he wishes that none should perish. So we know that's a lie. Come on, church. Well, you know, everything that happens is for a reason. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible don't say that. That's a doctrine of devils. He says that everything that happens, he can work for our good. That's called grace. That's called mercy. And that's what you have to have when you're dealing with a bunch of knuckle-headed mankind people. Grace and mercy. No, everything that happens in your life is not the will of God. But it didn't catch God off guard. And he will, with the temptation, provide... Why do we take scriptures and twist it to say what we want it to say? See, the Lord, the Lord caused that thing to happen, but he gave me a way out. No, you, we don't serve a schizophrenic Lex Luthor kind of God. You know, you remember when I say Lex Luthor? You know, he was always, I mean, he could twist some stuff and make it look, you'd be like, what? I don't understand what happened. We don't serve that kind of God. No, the enemy, it's real clear. clear. Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life. That's about as black and white as you can get it. So if the enemy comes, he says, but listen, when the enemy comes, I've already provided a way out. See, I love you so much, I already provided the back door. 
And we know that all things work together for the good of those who love him. What does that mean? That means he didn't cause it, but he didn't catch him by surprise. And so he takes what the enemy now means for harm and turns it for good. I don't understand that. I know. That's called redemption. And I'm telling you that we can redeem the time. He's put the redeeming of the time in our hands. The same redemptive power, the same power that set Jesus free from the grave dwells in you and I. Now think about that for a moment. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. And he will quicken, make alive your mortal bodies. But we have been lied to and deceived for, for, for decades thinking that we are still subject to this world. No, there are things that we are subject to. There is appointed unto man a time. or a, There is appointed unto man once to die. It doesn't even say a time. <laughs> There's not even a chronos or a kairos for your time to die. Because there is no time. He said there's a point unto man what time is once? Once. Well, how, well, well, pastor, when should we die? The Bible says with long life will I satisfy you. Okay, that's two things. Have you lived a long time and are you satisfied? No, then don't give up. I've told, I've told individuals that. I said, do you want to go home to be with Jesus? No. Are you satisfied? No. Then fight. I'll fight with you. Don't give up. It was appointed unto man once. See, here again, we're dictated by time. Well, you got to hurry up. You only got 54 years and 3 minutes and 25 seconds left. No. Because that was never intended in creation. Listen to me. We, time was never developed for us. Because we were never meant to die. Our bodies are created to heal itself. Our bodies regenerate itself. We were created to live forever. What the heck do you need a, cell, I mean a, a, a watch for if you're going to live forever? You don't then why are you and I so concerned with time if he's, if he's not even put it on to, well, it must have been their time to die. That's not even scriptural. Well, what are you saying, Pastor, that the Lord don't know? I ain't said that. I ain't said that one time. No, he knows. Just because you don't know, that don't mean you got to make it out like he knows or that he made it. No, once to die. Kronos expresses the duration of a period. Kairos stresses it as marked by certain features. Listen to this. Kronos is still dictated by a duration of period. You got four hours and 57 minutes to make a decision to buy that car. That's Kronos. But Kairos stresses it's marked by certain features. You got plenty of time. You got to make that decision today, tomorrow, or the next day. 
It's in this season. Now, see how, see how that now we've captured that season, and now we've captured that chronos, I mean, kairos, and now it becomes subject to us. I'll make a decision. When you guys hear the Lord speak, that's when you move. I don't mean to keep pointing you out, but I mean, y'all right here in the front, you know what I'm saying? I mean, no, you make a decision, you buy, you purchase, you move when the Lord, when the Holy Spirit says move. Luke 21 says, wherefore, watch and pray always. There's that word again. Ephesians 6 says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end, and with all perseverance and supplications for the saints. Although chronological time is involved, a judgment of the quality and the appropriateness of the time is implied. That you and I should pray in those seasonable moments. You know what I'm talking about. All of a sudden you get an unction to pray. You know what you need to do? Redeem the time. Because the enemy don't want you. Oh, you got plenty of time to pray for them. You pray for me. Pray for me, brother. I will. I pray for you. Three days go by and nobody's prayed for nobody. What happened? That time was gone. How do you redeem that time back? Bless God, I'm going to pray for him right now. You just redeemed it. Come on now, listen to me. You just sucked it right back up and bought it back. I'm going to pray right now. As if time is dictated by the Spirit. I have listened. This is what I, what I like about the Internet and video capabilities and, and, and movies. I can, listen to a, I can listen to a word and listen to a message from 15 years ago and the same anointing is still on that, and it fills the room. How is that? Because the Holy Spirit is not dictated by time. Well, that may not be a word in season for us today. It may not. It may not be a word in season. Why don't you just flip through YouTube and find some old preachers and preaching. Flip through Dad Hagen. Go through Brother Hagen or, or Brother Copeland. Go through and, and listen to some of, the, some of the fathers of our faith. Go back, and listen to, uh, go back and listen to Billy Graham's messages. Right? I guarantee you, you'll find one that'll make you fall on your face and want to give your life to Jesus again. Why? Because the Spirit knows no time. Then why are we so subject to it? So now how? Let me close it with this. How do we do this? How do we redeem the time? Well, he told us. Go back to Ephesians chapter 5. How do we redeem the time? You got it. You understand kind of you got a good working knowledge of what it means to redeem the time. We're going to buy that time back. How do we do that? Ephesians chapter 5. See then that you walk circumspectly. The margin of my Bible says carefully. Not as fools, but as wise. Is it safe to say that if you and I are not careful about how we'll walk, we are walking, we're foolish people? You know what he said? If we're not careful about walking, then we're foolish. But if we're careful about walking, then we're wise. You ever meet those free-spirited people? You know what I'm talking about? You know, make peace. You know what I'm talking about? Remember the, the hippie days? 
what was it about that movement that drove people crazy? Because a lot of it was foolishness. There was no purpose. There was some purpose behind the heart of it, but then like most everything else, you start adding people to it and it just goes crazy because there's no purpose to it. There's no carefulness about it. If you just go through life with no care, if you're not being observant to where you're at, the sons of Issachar in the Bible, when David was rallying his troops and the, and the cities and the kingdoms were coming together and the Bible lists those kingdoms, one of those kingdoms was the sons of Issachar who understood the times and the seasons that they were in. I believe that you and I can be those people, not because of our mental capability, but because of the Holy Spirit that we just got done reading that will lead and guide us into all truth. We should, of all the people in the world, we should know what's going on. We may not understand it completely, but we understand the Holy Spirit that lives within us and therefore we can speak with confidence and with boldness. See then that you walk circumspectly, uh, carefully. The word circumspectly in the Webster's says careful to consider all circumstances and possible consequences. Thinking carefully about possible risks before doing or saying something. Accurately, the word expresses the accuracy which is, which is the outcome of carefulness. Let me say it to you this way. To walk circumspectly means this, being led by the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit will lead us to do things from time to time that, are, that we think are foolishness. He said he was going to take the foolish things of the world and make them wise. And take the wisdom of this world and bring it to naught. It don't make sense to get out of a boat in the middle of a storm with a man walking towards you calling your name and you can't see him. That don't make sense. That's foolishness. But Peter said, you other fools can stay in the boat. I'm going to you. It is foolish to stand at the Red Sea and look back at all these people looking at you and look back at the sea. And then you look back at all these people looking at you. And you look at the Red Sea. And then you look back at them again because they've been grumbling and complaining. With silver and gold as they left. No sick. Shoes didn't wear out. That's the kind of people that he's leading. And you stand in the Red Sea and the Lord says, put your rod in the water. That don't make sense. That's foolish. I wish I could have been there that day and see that, well, you know, the water just... And they walked on dry land. We've been getting a lot of rain. You know anywhere that's dry right now? I was... I just about made it over the bridge coming to, coming to church this morning because the water literally was probably about three feet from coming to the top of the bridge. That's high. That's a lot of water. Dry land. That don't make sense. Dry land. When you and I understand that if, if we are being led, the Romans chapter, uh, chapter 8, no, Romans chapter 6 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Those, that's who we're supposed to be led by. 
That's who we're supposed to be led by. It's Romans 8. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. We are to be led by the Spirit of God. And if we are led by the Spirit of God, then guess what? Time now, we are redeemers of time because we're obedient to the Holy Spirit. This is not a season, uh, let me say it this way, uh, like from Morris and Sarah. This season of your life is not really what you had pictured it to be. But because you're being obedient to the Spirit of the Lord, you are actually in the process of redeeming that time. It's yours. So rest in it. How come we do something that the Lord tells us to do something and then we start striving immediately? You know what I'm talking about? He tells you to go do something or, or, or step out in something and you begin to do it. And the enemy comes immediately and he starts telling you, you don't have time, you got too much time, what you going to do? What you, and you've redeemed this time and he can't stand it, so he's coming after you. No, we are to redeem that time. It now becomes ours. Why? Because the days are evil. You know what I hear? Why should we do that? Because we ain't got time to waste, guys. You don't have time. You and I don't have chronos, kairos, or any other kind of time to waste. We've got a mission. We've got a mandate from God himself to go and to do what God's called us to do. And if we don't take advantage of that, the enemy will. He will. There is grace. There is mercy. There is, uh, that's why he gives us a season of time to repent. To change the way you think. Because that, that see, you've got a grace period of time to repent. But there comes a point, and I'm getting over into my message for next week and I don't want to. But there comes a point where you can run out of kairos. There, that season of time will end. Listen, I know you and I wish we had a, a colder winter. But, but winter's over. I mean, it didn't feel like it this morning. But that's just because, that's just an example of how things are trying to, to, trying to hang on. No, listen to me. It doesn't matter how bad you want it. It doesn't matter how bad you pray for it. That season of time is over. You can't go back to winter. It's over. But you can redeem the time you're in right now. Listen, time is not going to dictate to you or to me or to God what the Spirit of the Lord has, has, has fashioned for to happen in these last days. It's not going to happen. If you and I won't do it, he'll find somebody else to do it because his season, his will will be accomplished. And there is a rhyme and a reason as to what God has done from the foundation of the earth until this day, until the end of time, until the end of time, until the end of chronos. We're not living in time when we die and go to be with Jesus. We'll live forever. There ain't going to be no need for a watch. We can have thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let me close it with this. You and I need to 
need to begin to think in order to redeem the times that we have to buy those that seasons those seasons of opportune time back we've got to be obedient to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit knows listen to me he knows he knows what your time frame is he knows what needs to happen and when it needs to take place you and I um, you and I may not know that time, but he does. We don't have to know that time. If we'll just obey him, he'll lead us and guide us and prepare us and get us ready for when that season comes. We've already been redeeming it and purchasing it and buying it. Well, let me say it this way. If we'll be obedient to the Holy Spirit, we'll save up enough capital to when we get to that season of time, you can go, oh, I'll buy that, that's mine. Listen to me. Your life right now today is not to be dictated by a watch. It's to be dictated by the Holy Spirit and by His Word. And if we will do that, if we will live our lives according and in obedience with that and in relationship with Him, then when it comes time for you to pull that trigger and buy that car, you've already redeemed the time. It's yours. It would be the most blessed, peaceful thing. The enemy won't like it and he'll try to come at it, but you'll know, no, this is my time. Somebody said, this is my time. This is your time because God's created us to have that. We can redeem the time. We do not have time to waste. We don't. I was telling somebody the other day, I said, man... Well, I just, you know, I'm just, uh, I, I want to I wanna, I wanna live life. That's what they said. I want to live life. You're wasting time. You can't, you can't get that time back. But you can redeem the time that you're in. And if you'll follow the Spirit of the Lord, He'll take the time that you thought you lost and you, you bring it back to you in ways and you'll be like, it's like I never, it's like I, I don't even remember that. That's the power of redemption. Amen. Stand with me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Matt, would you play something for us? Just a little something. Hallelujah. The world goes off its watch. What are we to go by? Spirit of the Lord. In your life and in our life, I like what you said. There's no expiration date. <laughs> so I wish I could take credit for that, but that came from later. There's no, you, wants to die, there's no expiration date. There's no expiration date for the dreams and the visions that God has placed in your heart. There's no expiration date on the call that God has called you to do. The only expiration date is if you live the rest of your life and never redeem that time. Some of the greatest 
achievements in mankind's history were achieved by people that understood that they had lost time and so they endeavored to gain time and capitalize on the moment. And some of the greatest inventors, some of the greatest achievements, some of the greatest ministers and giants in the faith came out of when they recognized that they jumped on board and there was a redemption that took place of the time that they had lost. I don't understand that. I can't quantify it or explain it to you, but I know it's a reality. And you know it when you experience it. Because who hasn't experienced the redemptive power of Jesus in their life? I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. That's redemption. Father, we thank you for this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Father, we just worship you this morning. Father, and we thank you for your redemptive power that lies within us. Oh, Lord, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. One of the things the Lord's been stirring up in me is uh, a couple of weeks ago, the word came real strong to me. He said, I'm, I'm calling you. I'm taking you to a higher place. But in order to go higher, you got to go deeper. Boy, have I been stretched in that deep water. Because I'm having to stretch myself beyond the confines of what I'm accustomed to and what I've begun used to. I'm, I'm having to pray in a deeper way. I'm having to go deeper into those waters that I don't understand, that I don't know, that I've never been there, but I trust Him and so I go deeper in order to go higher. What's He calling you to do this morning? Hallelujah. He's calling us to a higher place to be fulfilled in our lives and in the lives of our children and in the lives of Christians and the lives of the church. He's calling us. There's God is, there is something that is being stirred up in, in churches and in the body of Christ right now. And it is an impartation of urgency of the times and the seasons that we live in to take appropriate measures to redeem those times that we live in because the time is now. It's your time. It's my time. It's our time. It's the church's time. Right now, today, we live in the greatest place to ever have existed in time. And that is right now, we live on this time where we are going to usher in the presence of Jesus. We're going to usher in our King. We need to live our lives as if that day was today. Be relational like never before. Open your eyes to the opportunities that are in front of you to share your testimony, to share your faith with those around you. Enjoy your family. 
Enjoy those relationships because in that process of fellowshipping and being relational, you gain a trust that you can only gain through that process. Evangelists have a tendency to want to, you know, charge hell with a squirt gun. I mean, they want to go out and get everybody saved. But listen to me. One of the greatest evangelists that I've ever known that I'm in relationship with believes in relationship evangelism. Never underestimate the power of going to somebody's connect group on a Wednesday night and bringing somebody who don't know Jesus. Never underestimate the power of inviting somebody over for dessert or inviting somebody over for dinner and doing nothing but loving on them and asking them about them. Because you'll find that in doing that, you expose them to a level of love and they will pour out their heart to you and expose themselves to you in a way that you've never seen before. And you'll have the opportunity and the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge and the discerning of spirits will come. Not because you prayed for 16 hours, but because you were simply loving to someone who was without and as a result they opened their heart and the spirit of the Lord came in and gave you that information and gave you that wisdom redeem the times hallelujah thank you Lord thank you Lord Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Can we just pray for one another this morning? Why don't you just reach over and touch the person next to you and hold their hand, put your hand on their shoulder. Let's just pray for one another this morning. Hallelujah. Father, we just pray for the person on our left. We pray for the person on our right. We say redemption in the name of Jesus. We call forth the redeeming of time in their lives. The times that they've lost, that the enemy has told them that they've lost, we call forth and ask you, Lord, to help them redeem that time Lord if they don't know you I pray that they know you in a deeper way today Lord if they do know you I pray that you reveal yourself to them in a deeper way as well we pray for our brothers and sisters we build one another up we express the heart of God towards each other that God desires for you to do everything that he's called you to do our job, our responsibility as brothers and sisters is to help in that conquest. And so, Lord, we release the gift of God in our neighbor to our right and to our left. And we say, come forth in a greater way. Those things which have been hidden, be revealed. Those things which, have, which seems to have been lost have now been raised back, redeemed in the name of Jesus. We pray for one another. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Morris, would you come dismiss us and pray over us? Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you that you indeed are redeeming God. Lord, the word spoken here, the word taught here, may it go deep into our hearts. May its roots be established. May we grab hold of what it is on that power of the Holy Spirit indwelling us. Bring that freshness that was talked about earlier into our lives, into our, our very souls this day. That we go out with a newness this morning, this afternoon. We go out with a freshness we've never had before. For indeed, time has been redeemed. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen.